0: Hello, and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian Geek Worldview, and today on the show, I'm gonna be talking about Morbius, so the new uh, non-Spider-Man, Spider-Man cinematic universe here. The Sony Spider-Man-ish cinematic universe that they're building out here with Venom, now with Morbius, and with a uh, announced Craven the Hunter movie coming up as well, which uh, I am looking forward to that one. After my review of Morbius, then, I'm also going to Count down my uh, 10 villains, the Spider Man villains that I want to see in an upcoming Spider Man movie that have not yet been in one of the movies. But without any further ado, let's get into the review of Morbius. You need a doctor? <laughs> I am a doctor. I should have died years ago. People all over the world have my disease to find a cure we have to push the boundaries take the risks if you're gonna run do it now morbius biochemist michael morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease but he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism Instead, it's not technically vampirism because he's not dead. He's the living vampire, which is the the kind of the sub name in the comics, at least the comic book series that I read with Morbius. I like the Morbius character. I think he's a very interesting character, and he's one of the Spider-Man villains that you can do this with. He's one of the Spider-Man villains that you can pull Spider-Man out of that storyline. You can pull him out of the Spider-Man storyline and make a movie about him because. Because he's kind of an anti-hero. He's not just straight-up villain. He's kind of an anti-hero, so I think this is a, definitely a character that you could base a whole movie around. And that's what they did here, and... Ultimately, I, I found this kind of disappointing. Let's start off with some of the positives first, though. Uh, visually speaking, I think there's they do some really interesting stuff in here. Uh, I mean, you've seen some of it in the trailer, the way they kind of, the the sound where he, he's listening, kind of echo location, the way all that kind of looks, I think is, is a really interesting, weird kind of look. Uh, some of the visual flair they have in the movie, I think is kind of interesting and cool, though at, at points. Honestly, I thought it was kind of confusing as to what is the visual flair of the movie and what the characters actually see kind of thing like that. That got a little bit confusing to me at certain points where I'm like, "Okay, wait a minute. Is this actually a part of the movie or is this just kind of the way that he sees things or something? You know, you know what I mean? So there's a little bit of that going on, but I think visually speaking, they do some interesting, unique things in this movie. Some of his powers and stuff are uh, cool. And well done in here, and I think they did a fairly faithful uh, adaptation of the Morbius storyline, of, of, you know, him with the, the disease testing it on himself and, and the coming down with the, the vampirism and uh, trying to, to get out of the being a vampire and stuff. They lean more into the horror aspect in this movie, which is cool. Uh, no, it's, it's uh, in a way, it's more leaning into it aesthetically more than anything, I would say. Uh, they They have some of those kind of Classic horror kind of moments. Never really did I find this movie scary, though. You know, but I, I didn't really expect it to. It's, it's in a way, it's more the aesthetic of the movie is the horror kind of movie. Uh, but if you if you watch horror movies, this is definitely not one that's that's gonna scare you. Jared Leto. I think, is a good choice to play Morbius, but honestly, I thought his performance in this was fairly flat. Uh, you know, I think, I think as an actor, I think he can pull off the, the balance between the creepiness, but also some of the little bit deeper character stuff because I've seen some of that in both his roles you know you look at him in uh, Blade Runner 2049 is that the year you know you look at him in that movie and there's some of that kind of weird creepiness to his character that I think could work in a character like Morbius that's this monster but then also you know bring a little bit more depth to that I think he can do that but again I I just think that this it it just kind of turned out fairly flat in this one Uh, I do think they they pretty much nailed the look of Morbius. Morbius looks really good in this. He he looks like the the gross, creepy vampire and stuff. I don't really like that he can change back and forth. I, I mean, that's really weird to me. I don't know. I guess the, in the comics, he's stuck as Morbius, and, t- and that's kind of a part of the tragedy of his story arc, is that unlike someone like the hulk or somebody you know he he's like oh man i got to cure myself of the hulk because this is so bad but most of the time or a, you know a lot of the time he can he can turn back into a human and he can walk amongst the people and be okay you know whereas part of the 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 tragedy of morbius is that uh is that he's always this monster you know he's kind of like the thing where he's always the thing and and that's kind of a something that that character has to deal with that's something that also is with this character but they eliminate that in this movie by just having him transition back and forth uh kind of willy-nilly which is is kind of a bummer to me a bit Also, Morbius can fly, right? In this movie, I I don't remember Morbius flying... In the comics, maybe he did. Maybe I'm just not remembering it, but I don't remember him flying in the comics. So when when he does that, he did that in the trailers. So it's not spoiling anything. But when he when he does that, it's just like, oh, that's that's weird. Okay, I didn't I, I didn't know he could fly. I guess maybe he can fly in the comics, and I just didn't know the origin story here. While like I said, being fairly faithful to the the comic books, I think it's uh it is still a pretty formulaic origin story of a superhero. This is this is kind of superhero making 101 as far as origin stories go you know you got the villain you got, that is basically the reverse of the hero it, everything pretty much plays out how you would think it would play out more or less and it's it's very much kind of the the generic formulaic origin story if you're the kind of guy that's like oh, i'm tired of all these superhero movies you know or you want one that's really different and unique unfortunately this isn't really that. Uh, despite having, like, some of the horror elements and some of those things in there that I think could make it stand out to be more unique, ultimately the story itself and stuff uh, really kind of boils down to a somewhat generic superhero origin story. Which, again, can work. I mean, uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, to a certain extent, had that, that formulaic s- superhero storyline in it. To an extent, but they did the extra stuff. They went the extra mile and made that really entertaining. Uh, This one, it's just that very formulaic stuff and it's it it doesn't go that extra mile to make that formulaic stuff stand out above any of the other origin stories of superheroes you may have seen, you know? Uh, Matt Smith is the villain here. Uh, You might know Matt Smith as he was Doctor Who for for quite a while. Matt Smith is a actor i i think i i like him generally speaking he's not my favorite doctor who but he's i I think i like him as an actor generally speaking but i I found him pretty underwhelming in this he's okay but he's uh again the villain it's just kind of the 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 same thing that's in all the superhero movies where the villain is just the reverse of the hero, you know? If you have Venom, you have to have Carnage. He's the reverse of that hero. If you have Iron Man, you have to have Iron Monger. He's the bad guy that's in the suit, you know? It's the same exact thing here with Matt Smith. His... Motivations and stuff maybe seemed a bit brushed into and stuff, and it was just I don't know. It, it was fine. It was just not as uh, not as compelling of a villain as it could have been, unfortunately. And thematically, there's just there's really not a lot here, honestly. <laughs> uh, you know, there there's, there is like there's the struggle between good and evil. It's it's the, the classic vampire thing is kind of going on, you know, where where Morbius he's now he's like whoa, now I'm craving blood and I want to kill people all of a sudden but I don't want to do that and so it's that struggle of the, the sinful desire that's in you versus you know your it, it's the flesh versus spirit dynamic right that, that the bible talks about that's kind of what vampirism in general I think that's the idea that vampirism in general is playing with and this movie is playing with that idea as well kind of just through the fact that he is a vampire so it's like it's in there but it's not so strong that it's like oh that's an interesting kind of Theme necessarily, I think. I, th- I think a vampire movie or something could explore that in a really interesting way. I'm sure one has, uh, but not this one. This one, it's there, but it's like eh, you know, okay, fine. Uh, and, and it's kind of, it's kind of hard to tell what he he learned in the end you know this, this is the kind of movie where when it ends it was like what what was the point of this thematically what were they talking about there's not there's just not a lot going on here it's it doesn't leave you thinking about anything and there's certain elements of the movie that are left unclear enough to me that i uh, I, I don't know where this movie comes down on thematically as to uh the what I would really say is the main thruster, main theme of this movie. It, it left me a little bit confused in that category, which is why I combined this whole review into one big section like this instead of just taking out the themes section. Overall, Morbius is pretty disappointing. It's not horrible if you're, you know, if you're, if you're really into all the superhero stuff like me. You know, it's, it's still worth a watch, but it, it's just it's it's kind of the generic formulaic kind of superhero movie it's nothing amazing it's it's just not that great either it's if you're again if you're tired of the superhero stuff then just come steer clear of this one this is not going to be one that changes your mind this is not going to be one that is any different than the superhero stuff you know this isn't anything changing anything it's it, it is a little bit disappointing but ultimately to me it was just kind of okay what did you do to yourself doctor I wish I knew. I went from dying to being more alive than ever. It worked. Not exactly. I have increased strength and speed and some form of bat radar. Morbius is rated PG 13 for intense sequences of violence, some frightening images, and brief, strong language. I would give it a 3 out of 5 on the enjoyability scale. Are you here to heal the world? Or to destroy it? Alright, real quick, I'm gonna dive into some spoilers for Morbius. I'm gonna touch on some of the things that happened at the end of the movie. Spoiler warning, you've been warned. Alright, moving forward here uh so uh, the the when he's up on the roof and his girlfriend is dying and bleeding out there and he's kind of hovering over her i was thinking you know and he was he was like he was resisting the urge to drink her blood i was thinking dude if i made this movie he would drink her blood and then he would feel guilty about that for the rest of his life you know and then that's what he does and it's like oh good okay nice i like <laughs> i like that they they went for that kind of uh dark outcome even though it she turns out she's gonna come back as a vampire now, I guess, because tasting his blood or something turned out to be how you spread it or something. A little weird, considering the way they had to put it in the spine and everything for him or whatever, you know. I don't know. A little weird that that's how that turns out for her to become a vampire, but whatever, you know. uh, The ending itself, I I did find a little bit confusing, as I, I mentioned in the review, because I don't know what he did, I don't know what he, he learned. He defeats the villain, he, he defeats, uh, you know, by becoming the, vi- the monster. You know, he doesn't really want to become the monster, but he, then he becomes the monster, and he defeats Matt Smith as the, the villain in there, and then he flies away. So, so what is the question? You know, what was he struggling with throughout the movie is whether he gives into this because Matt Smith is trying to convince him to give into this or whether he, uh, you know, stays clean and stays good, which is like the, his girlfriend's side. So the, that's the kind of the angel and the demon on his shoulder in a sense. Uh, what did he go with in the end? I mean, yeah, he beat up and he, he destroyed the villain. He killed the villain, I guess. So, yeah, okay, he fought that guy. But the, at the end, he just flies away and it's just that's just kind of the end. It's like, is he still searching for a cure? Is he like, okay... I have these powers but I I can fight evil with them now or or is what's going on there? We don't know. We don't know if he's given into the evil side and this is his evil origin story or if he's the anti-hero now or or what. Really, we don't know what this ending actually means you know, so it's, I, I don't know, I find the ending kind of confusing, maybe if they came down on one side or the other or something, I could, I would be able to better pick out a theme in this movie that the movie is kind of talking about, but it, it almost seemed like there was, there should have been some more stuff at the end that they just cut out, or maybe they didn't film it in the first place, I don't know, but it seemed like there should have been some more stuff at the end to kind of wrap everything up, but they didn't end up doing that, uh, Okay, after credits scene, here, uh, Vulture coming into this universe. So, we seen in the trailers. They don't actually use the clip of him in the trailers. It's a completely different scene, which is interesting. Like, I want to see whatever scene they filmed for that trailer that he was like, hey, what's up, Doc? Or whatever he says, like, Bugs Bunny there. Uh, (laughs) So, apparently, during the whole Spider-Man multiverse thing going on in No Way Home, he, instead of... Like staying in his own universe, he teleports over to the Venom Morbius universe here, and then he's like, Huh, that's interesting, that's weird. So, I guess that, that explains why he's in this universe. That was something that was a big question, seeing those trailers and everything. So, you know, okay, he moved over to this universe. Uh, it doesn't explain why there is the newspapers from the Tobey Maguire universe in here. Uh, it, it you know, there's I, I hear people online speculating about whether this is the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man universe, if it is, I mean, I'm cool with that, if not, you know, okay, that's fine too, and then he meets up with Morbius and is like, hey, we should start a team, which, I mean, immediately makes me think of Sinister Six, which means villain, But, both of these characters are characters that could be anti-heroes, so they could be forming a good guy team, or they could be forming a darker, you know, anti-hero kind of team or something at this point, I don't know, or they could just be forming a team to be bad guys, because again, we don't really know where Morbius ended, is Morbius a bad guy now, or is he the anti-hero, or is he just still searching for the cure, you know, we don't really know where he's at, but then he's like, oh, I'm interested or whatever, so it's like, you know, okay, they're setting up something, presumably Sinister Six, but they're setting up something, and, uh, and and I'm curious to see whatever that is, despite the fact that you know, Morbius wasn't as great, uh, I'm, I don't know, I, I'm, I would still be curious to see what they would do with a sequel to Morbius, again, I just, I think this character is really cool, I think they could do more with him, I think they could do cool stuff with him, uh, I don't know, the poor reception might put him off, I think it did well in the box office, so they, that would incentivize them to make a, a sequel or to this, or to, to extend him out into the, the Sinister Six movie, or whatever they're, they're gonna be doing there. The first Venom didn't really get received all that well either, and it just made a bunch of money. So, uh and then they made sequels to that and they're they're I think they're continuing, uh, they're making a third one to that as well, so, you know, I guess not being critically successful doesn't necessarily put them off from making the movies, but obviously that's, they, they want it to be critically successful. Anyway, that's my thoughts on Morbius. W- what did you think? HelixReviewsPodcast at gmail.com, and you can let me know what you thought of Morbius. Now, let's talk about the unused Spider-Man villains that I would like to see in a movie. Now, uh, the reason I'm doing this in this episode is because the spider Spider-Man, Spider-Man episode was super long, and uh, I didn't want to uh, include a whole extra top ten list in here. And uh, doing, I I think I already did a top ten list of uh, Spider-Man villains that could have their own movie that could sustain their own movie. Back when the original Venom movie came out, and I I did that top ten list on there. I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. So this is villains that I would like to see in a Spider-Man movie, fighting Spider-Man. So, these aren't necessarily characters that would have their own movie like Morbius, but just be in a Spider-Man movie. Now, I actually have 11 picks instead of uh, 10 here, because that's kind of how the list worked out when I was picking stuff out, and I was like, I want to add an extra guy here. Uh, So, some runner-ups here real quick. Uh, We will, uh, again, this is unused Spider-Man villains, so it's going to be, it can't be villains that were already in the movies. That said, there are going to be a couple like Uh, one of the runner-ups here is chameleon we haven't there's never been chameleon as a villain in any of the movies. That said, the the character of Chameleon was technically in Far From Home is just a random guy who worked for uh Sam Jackson, who worked for Nick Fury. So if it's that kind of thing where it's just some random guy and they never actually become the villain or anything, then I'm not going to count them as being used. They're still unused in my opinion as far as them becoming those villains, right? So somebody like Chameleon, I could reuse on the list, though he is a runner-up. Then you got characters like Hydro Man, Molten Man, Cyclone, all technically kind of used up in Spider-Man Far From Home with the, the fake villains that he was fighting there. So it's like in a way it kind of messes that stuff up for for using those guys, but the you know, if you if you get those guys and Sandman in there too, I think you could do something interesting there. Boomerang, I actually like Boomerang as a villain. I think he's I, I mostly like him from reading the Superior Foes of Spider-Man comic. That series was hilarious. Uh, if you haven't read the Superior Foes of Spider-Man, it's a uh mini series comic book series of the the sinister 6 but they're just really they're the lame version of the sinister 6 they're the the bad guys that just aren't very good at being bad guys and so they're just constantly screwing each other over they're just not good at getting what they their their goals and stuff it's very funny it's very fun boomerang is the lead in that series so i would definitely recommend that though i think they would have a hard time making him a, like, main villain of a Spider-Man movie, because he is just a dude that throws boomerangs, you know, I mean, they they put Captain Boomerang in uh, the Suicide Squad movies, and it it would be like if he was the main villain of a Flash movie, because he's a Flash villain, you know, that's kind of weird, I I doubt they would actually do that. He is a character that I kind of like. A couple others, uh, Jack O'Lantern and Anti-Venom. Uh, both interesting characters, both I think could be good villains, but both I would rather see in a Venom movie. Like, I think those characters would work better and make more sense in a Venom movie. Jack O' Lantern, I'm hoping, is the villain of Venom 3. You know, we need to get away from Venom fighting other Venoms, you know, uh, other symbiotes and stuff. We need to get away from that because that's happened in two movies so far. We need to get him fighting a different villain Jack-o'-lantern is the answer to that. Come on, Marvel, let's do it. Sony, whoever's doing this, let's do it. So getting into the list here, there's going to be a couple combinations. You'll see what I'm talking about when we get to them. Uh, Number 11... Mr. Negative. Now, the really the only place that I know Mr. Negative from is from Spider-Man Miles Morales, the video game, uh, but he's a really good villain in that. They've already established Feast as a company in that. If you don't know, Mr. Negative is, uh, he either runs it or he's an integral part of Feast, the the homeless shelter kind of place that Aunt May uh, works at. So he appears to be this very good guy, upstanding citizen kind of thing, but then he also has these nefarious things going going on behind the scenes, plus the whole negative aspect of it visually I think could be interesting in live action, I think you could do something interesting with that, Uh, so yeah, Mr. Negative I think is an interesting character, number 11 on the list. Number 10, (laughs) Screwball. This is a character, once again, I I don't know how well you could, I don't know if you'd do a whole movie with only Screwball as the villain, I think this villain, maybe you would just, they would fight at the beginning of the movie or something, you know, Uh, (laughs) and then, okay, I took down Screwball, now we can get on to the real villain, Mr. Negative, or whatever, you know, Uh, but screwball i think is a fun villain for spider-man to fight especially for this young spider-man to fight because uh screwball is basically he's like he's a social media influencer kind of guy but he puts real life people in danger and he's like putting people's lives on the line for the entertainment of the internet and so he's just kind of going crazy with that and then uh Spider-Man has to stop him I think uh, the young Spider-Man that we have in the MCU right now could be that then again I think they're gonna wait a bit for the next Spider-Man movie to maybe age him up a little bit maybe I think that that screwball could be a fun foil for Spider-Man and in a, and a unique kind of villain I think in in superheroes uh number nine Hobgoblin. Now, they kind of already did Hobgoblin to a certain extent with the Green Goblin comes over and he puts on the hood and everything. But technically, I mean, you know, the Green Goblin got sent back. Is his tech and stuff still here? Did all that get sent back? Do we know for sure? Uh, because if that stuff's still here and somebody steals it and becomes the Hobgoblin, whether it be Ned Leeds, or whether it be somebody else. There's been a couple different Hobgoblins. Ned Leeds doesn't necessarily have to be the Hobgoblin. If the, the Hobgoblin has the opportunity to steal those things and become the, the supervillain that he is in the comics as well, uh, yeah, they, I think he could be a cool villain. I don't know if they want to do that, and that would be a way, I guess, if they want to do more Green Goblin-ish type stuff but not have the Green Goblin, because they already used the Green Goblin from the other universe and stuff in this one, so it's like, okay, they can, they can make a Hobgoblin and have somebody else doing some other stuff or something, I don't know, that's a way they could get around that if they want to, or they could go a completely different direction, I could see either way, but I think Hobgoblin would be a cool villain. Number eight, the Spider Slayers, so we got uh, Spencer Smythe who makes robots, backed by uh, J. Jonah Jameson, by the way, uh, is b- inventing robots specifically designed to slay Spider-Man, Spider-Slayer. And then when he defeats that one, he makes another one, then upgrades that to uh, overcome however he defeated that one, and he sends that robot out. I think that's a uh, cool idea for fighting Spider-Man, just in that Spider-Man, it, it's a different kind of villain for Spider-Man, uh, in that it's, you know, the the techie guy sending out his... St- And it's also, uh, you know, it would uh, force Spider-Man to be really ingenuitive in, in the ways that he fights these robots and stuff. And plus, it could dive into J. Jonah Jameson as a villain kind of character. Which I would love to see, honestly. Uh J. Jonah Jameson hates Spider-Man, and that's kind of the fun, you know, it's fun and lighthearted and all this kind of stuff in the movies. You know, it's like, ah, J. Jonah Jameson, ah, he's you know, he always hates Spider-Man. But in the comics, he uh his his wife died in an incident with Spider Man. He like Spider Man's fighting some villain, his wife dies during that, and he is mad at Spider-Man. That's why he hates Spider-Man as much as he does. And then he he does some things that that to try to get Spider-Man to try b- to bring Spider-Man down ultimately. Uh, and I think that this is a great element that they could totally include in the MCU. Uh, you know, making him a more interesting, more more deeper kind of character than just the. Uh, Just the guy that's trying to slip up Spider-Man and kind of a comedic relief kind of guy. You can have that kind of stuff in there, but then you could add that extra element on there and you could have him backing somebody like Spencer Smythe who's building these robots to go out and kill Spider-Man, you know, Or, or something along those lines. I think that is a really interesting idea to to bring a really interesting direction to bring the jay jonah jameson character in the movies i think uh, so hopefully they do that I'll, I'll talk more about that in a bit if you if you know spider-man villains you might know who i'm talking about in the future here number seven Silver Sable and the Enforcers. So I, I stuck these two together here because they're both mercenaries. What well, The Enforcers are the mercenary group. Silver Sable is a mercenary on her own. If you want mercenary characters, this is a really fun group of characters. Silver Sable is very fun. The Enforcers, you got a, a few different characters, a uh, group of kind of characters in there. All very fun characters. And, and again, mercenary type characters. So maybe not just totally straight up evil, but they got their mission and they're going to go do it no matter what it is. in Spider-Man Like, well, I gotta stop you because whatever you're doing's, you know, bad in this case. I I think there could be some really cool stuff there, and I like these characters. Number six, I got, uh, two mob boss type characters that I think would work well in a movie. Uh, Hammerhead and Tombstone. Uh, both very good characters. Hammerhead, just kind of a classic Spider-Man villain and uh, mob boss type character. Tombstone, I mainly know Tombstone from the Spectacular Spider-Man animated series. Great animated series, by the way. Uh, Spectacular Spider-Man animated series, is Tombstone is in there as one of the mob bosses in that city that he fights. Uh, both those characters, I think, if you want to have a more like spider-man fighting the mob boss and mob kind of stuff these are some interesting characters that you could have hammerhead and tombstone are both characters that can also fight spider-man kind of hand to hand you could throw kingpin in there the same kingpin that's in daredevil and stuff you know if they're if they're wanting to bring some of those characters in which it seems like they are you could have kingpin in there too and have all these kind of mob bosses having some kind of big fight in the city or something as Spider-Man is thrown in between, gotta save the city from all these mob bosses when there's some kind of gang war going on. I I think that has a lot of potential for Spider-Man villains. Uh, Number five, I'm kind of surprised that this character hasn't appeared already. Uh, Black Cat. I mean, technically, uh, in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, just like with Chameleon, the character appeared. Felicia appeared in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 as, uh, was it Harry's secretary or something? It was technically Felicia Hardy, and so she's Black Cat, technically, but she wasn't in the movie. And honestly, I think this is the perfect character to introduce in the next Spider-Man movie, honestly, because this is, if you want a new love interest for Peter Parker, that is completely different than MJ. You know, he, he, spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home, okay? Spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home going forward here, okay, okay, okay. He breaks up with MJ, right? He, he's no longer together with MJ. MJ has completely forgotten who he is. All that kind of stuff happens. And then, uh, so he, he still loves MJ and he doesn't want to break up with her. He's not going to want to get into another relationship very quickly, I don't think. But if this mysterious lady that is already in the danger. Like, he, he's not getting back together with MJ because he doesn't want to put her in the, the danger, right? Black Cat shows up, and she's in the danger. She enjoys the danger. She's living for the danger. She likes Spider-Man, and, she, you know, the, that love interest can kind of happen there. And the fact that she's kind of the super villain, superhero, anti heroish kind of character, she's, like, in the same ilk as, like, a Spider-Man kind of thing, as, you know, the alternate identity kind of thing. It doesn't feel as real to Peter Parker so he can be like let his guard down a little bit more or something around her and she doesn't know who he is or something you know so it's like there I think there's the dynamics are there that could make a black cat romance work in the next Spider-Man movie And, and I think that she's a fun character as well if you want to differentiate her even more from like Catwoman you know because she is very much the Catwoman in the Marvel universe and Catwoman's the black cat of the DC universe right and we've seen Catwoman on screen multiple times. So if you want to differentiate her a little even more so than people just going, oh, this is the black cat over here, oh, you know, this is the cat woman, okay. You can give her her luck powers. In the comic books, she gets luck powers where she is super lucky, uh, like Domino. That would uh, add another little extra separation with that character as well, I think. And again, I just think, I think this is like the perfect character to introduce as as a, you know, a foil to Spider-Man, whether she's the main villain or not, or you have another villain and she can be the one that, you know, turns good or whatever if you want to have that storyline. But I think she's like a perfect character for the next Spider-Man movie. So that's what I'm hoping for. Number four, I have a villain that I've been wanting to see in a Spider-Man movie for a while, the Jackal. Now, they might have ruined their idea of doing the Jackal for any time soon, because they've already introduced a bunch of Spider-Mans in Spider-Man No Way Home, right? So, <laughs> the Jackal, if you don't know, is the the guy who ultimately kicked off the Clone Saga, cloning Spider-Man, and there's multiple Spider-Man clones. You got Scarlet Spider, uh, the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider, you have Kane out there, this kind of deformed Spider-Man that that's, like, dying or something because he didn't get cloned right, and you have the, a cloned version of Gwen, uh, you could have a cloned version of MJ in the MCU somehow, you know, like, that That would be a weird thing, and that would screw with Spider-Man's head. Uh, I'd Like, I would like to see the clone saga happen on the big screen in the movies. Now, they just had a bunch of Spider-Mans in one movie, so I don't know that they would want to do that again for a few movies at least so i doubt they'll have the jackal anytime soon but i think that he's a really interesting character and i think uh i i I would like to see him and and him doing some of his cloning stuff going on in the movies and then you could spin off if you want to have scarlet spider a scarlet spider movie or something you know and he could be the one that goes over and fights morbius and stuff i don't know number three I got Scorpion. Now, again, this is a character that technically showed up in Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, The character did, but he never became Scorpion, and he had a very minor part. Uh, But you could bring that guy back. Again, Scorpion, I think, is a great villain to introduce in the MCU to further explore J. Jonah Jameson, because if you know Scorpion's story in the comics, the way that he became the Scorpion is because J. Jonah Jameson was, like, funding experiments on him that ultimately turned him into the villain in order for him to go take down Spider-Man and so it's like okay you know if you have that storyline where Spider-Man is involved in a fight that ultimately kills J. Jonah Jameson's wife you could flash back to it earlier on in, in uh, Avengers or something I don't know you can flash back to it happening earlier and then that's why he's so mad that's why he has such a vendetta against Spider-Man and then you can have him involved in the creation of Scorpion who then is goes mad and is, is this, you know, crazy villain that Spider-Man has to take down, and it would probably ultimately be the end of J. Jonah Jameson in the MCU. He would, like, go to jail or something, but I think that would be a really interesting way to take his character, and, a, and it would be true to the comics introducing uh, Scorpion, who's this very classic Spider-Man villain. I think it'd be awesome. Number two, Craven the Hunter. Dude, they're making a a Craven the Hunter solo movie, which I think is awesome. Like, I I think, uh, he's such a a cool, interesting character, and I would love to see him versus Spider-Man, and with him having his own movie, who knows how that's gonna work, we still aren't entirely sure how Spider-Man may or may not connect to that universe, (laughs) (laughs) But Craven the Hunter, if you don't know, he's this hunter that decides, hey, you know what, I've hunted all the biggest best beasts in the world. And, uh, you know, he's like getting bored, basically. And he's like, you know, I got to go hunt something better. I'm going to go hunt a superhero. And so he decides to go hunt Spider-Man. And he's hunting Spider-Man down just for the trophy, just for the, the glory of it, you know. And it's like, that is such a fun idea for a villain, and, uh, yeah, I would, I would totally love to see him as a villain in one of these movies. My number one, the the villain that I most want to see in a movie is Prowler. I would love to see Prowler in a movie. Now, again, this is a character that showed up in Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, Donald Glover, played the, the guy that was Prowler, and if he becomes the villain, you could have the whole story arc of him becoming the villain and then ultimately Spider-Man's heroics is the thing that inspires him to stop being the villain and start being the hero, you know and and you can have that whole storyline happen in a Spider-Man movie and then spin him off into his own movie Donald Donald Glover playing him that would be awesome, that would be great, I would absolutely love to see that so that's my list, Uh, number 11 Mr. Negative, number 10, Screwball number 9, Hobgoblin, number 8, Spider-Slayers, number 7 Silver Sable and the Enforcers, number 6 Hammerhead and Tombstone, number 5 Black Cat, number 4 The Jackal, number 3 Scorpion, number 2 Craven the Hunter and number 1 Prowler. What villain do you want to see in an upcoming Spider-Man movie? What what Spider-Man villain would you like to see them make a movie out of? Helix Reviews Podcast at gmail.com. You can let me know there. That's it for this time. Uh coming up pretty soon here, uh, not too far out is uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I also got the next uh, Bond episode coming up in the, the pipeline real quick here, and uh, Moon Knight. Oh yeah, Moon Knight is started, and I'm uh, I'm going to record an episode with Josiah about that one. That one's going to have a quicker turnaround time than Hawkeye did, I think, because uh, Hawkeye, that just kept getting behind and behind, and, and that was the last episode out, so that took way too long. But, it is what it is. Uh, that's it for this time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This is David. He Luke's Reviews, signing out.